Hi, everyone. This is Senka from LightNet, and we're here today with Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group, and he's going to be talking about what everyone's talking about, the Wednesday hearing, uh, which is going to be talking about disclosure. So, Steve, welcome. Um, what have you learned? What's happening um, with this big Wednesday uh, committee meeting? I wouldn't call it a big Wednesday committee meeting. <laughs> okay. I would call it a small Wednesday committee meeting. What we have is a subcommittee of the House Oversight Committee, the larger Oversight Committee, uh, which the Oversight Committee is chaired by uh, James Comer, who I'm pretty sure will be chairing the uh, subcommittee, the subcommittee on this and that and whatever, I can't remember. And what has happened here is that the Republicans and the House have been watching uh, the Senate receive massive amounts of praise and publicity and coverage for their major moves with respect to the last uh, three years of legislation. Rubio, Gillibrand, uh, Warner, in that order. And then just to put the icing on the cake, the uh, majority leader, Schumer, just announced that he is putting language himself into the NDAA. Now, he's not a member of the Intel Committee, but he can do whatever he wants. And that language, which will go into the form of an amendment, is called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Disclosure Act. Now, there's a tragedy here because I've been moving into my office, a new office in, in Washington, the National Press Building, for four days. It nearly killed me. I could, I could die right now. I could have a stroke at any moment, frankly. Brutal. Uh, so I've been busy with that. I haven't been quite keeping up. And so I was up on the Hill uh, yesterday uh, visiting the offices of every single member of the Senate Intel Committee, there are 17, to just do a little get to know and give them some cards and chat it up with the staff uh, ahead of what I know pretty sure will be the Senate Intel Committee hearings coming in September. And I had just I just left the Schumer's office talking to his staff, some of his people, when I got a text and telling me what the name of the bill was, <laughs> the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Disclosure Bill. Now, if I had gotten that news ahead of time, I would have just grilled them. Why did the word disclosure get into the title of this bill? Is that just, they just kind of felt, eh, I like that term, or was there something in red or whatever? But of course, I am going to double back on that and find out. But of course, am I pleased? Oh, God, yes. It is the first time the word disclosure has been used with respect to this issue in any legislation, probably anywhere on the planet, which is just one of 10,000 reasons why we're heading for disclosure this year, I believe, from the President of the United States. So, uh, to get back to my original point, uh, assuming I can find it, is that uh, the House is going, well, we're not potted plants down here. We are a, uh, an equal member of the, uh, the government, uh, just a little differently formed. And so we would like some of this glory, too. Now, just try to compare this to going back 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years when if you brought up the term UFO, people fled into their offices, shut the door and called security. Now they're competing to see who can get more of that good juicy press. 
And so the Oversight Committee and James Comer made his move. Now, this is not the committee should be starting the hearings. This is not, it sort of touches on the subcommittee. It's not ridiculous, but this issue is transcendent. It's the biggest issue in the history of the United States. It'll be the biggest news story of all time. And so you know, there seems there should be a sort of sense of protocol here. Uh, but hey, it's a free country and they can do it. And they did it. And so they uh, essentially pulled the rug out from under Mark Warner and the Senate, and they're holding their first hearing. Now, the question that I had immediately when I read that a few weeks ago is what witnesses will they get? Because just because you hold the hearing doesn't mean you get witnesses. If they don't want to come, they're not going to come. And if they're committed to another hearing with another uh, committee in the Congress, they won't come. Now, you could get them to come by subpoenaing them, but if uh, it, that would be a huge mistake for the, the, the Oversight Committee Chairman Comer to subpoena, subpoena any one of these witnesses. And so I was intrigued by that. And now we know. Not too bad. He got Ryan Grays, yeah. David Fravor, and he got, and this is a big get, David Grush. I am, I, I, I thought Grush might hold out, but the truth is, David Grush came forward early and essentially dropped a something or another into the punch bowl uh, and got things uh, out ahead of the, the time frame in a way um, and created quite a stir. Not because he wanted to create a stir, not because so much that he wanted to cause a problem, but because he was still getting harassed and some threats. And he ultimately decided that he needed to go public in a fairly substantial way. Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal helped him in that regard. They would have liked to have gone to the New York Times, Washington Post, but the Washington Post and New York Times need a little more advanced notice on a story of this magnitude. They'll get around to it, but they went with the debrief, which is great quality journalists, love these guys. And of course, the News Nation interview by Ross Coulthard. Why? Because he wanted to get uh, more protection and get out there because he was concerned. And so it doesn't surprise me that he agreed to come and interview in the oversight subcommittee, because uh, the sooner he gets, he wants to advance this further and do uh, what he set out to do. I'm sure he'll be testifying in front of the Senate Intel Committee as well. So this is going to be essentially the first act in a big, big show, a big Vegas show. Uh, the Oversight Committee is the first act, the big act, the main act will be the Intel Committee in September. Um, and that's fine. Uh, the the press and the public will have a whole month of August to sort of chew over this and 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 read lots of articles and 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 read Richard Dolan's books uh, uh, because the uh, Congress is going to be completely out of session through the entire month of August. Unless Warner were to make a really bold move, I don't think he'll do this and do a force majeure hearing in which he forces members of the House Intel Committee to come back during their recess in August specifically to take testimony on this. That would really generate some media and a big audience, but might not be as constructive as he wants. And so the opening act starts next week. I am doing everything I can to make sure I am in that room 
And if I'm not in that room, it won't be for lack of trying, I can assure you. I'm prepared to bribe. I'm prepared to give favors, whatever, uh, to uh, get in that room. And hopefully I will be there. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. The other questions super, I've had- Super exciting. For those of you who just joined us, um, you can find Steve Bassett at paradigmresearchgroup.org. Uh, he has been as a UFO a lobbyist, so to speak, for decades and decades. And he's talking about what's going to be happening on Wednesday um, in the Committee for um, uh, Oversight. Um, it is called the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was told that they may be putting on the floor an idea that it's going to be uh, illegal for anybody in the government to withhold information about UAPs and UFOs. Is Have you heard anything about that? No, that's not it. Um, the, the legislation that is being put forward essentially under the aegis of Chuck Schumer, uh, but is not law yet. It, it's, it's legislation in the Senate text. It's up on the, the, uh, the Senate site now. Uh, talks about, is he's addressing, first of all, the reason he's doing it all is because he's sending a green light to the entire Senate, particularly the three key committees, the Intel, Armed Services, and Appropriations, that I'm good. I'm good with this. I'm fine. I'm the majority leader, and I'm down with this. You keep on going, folks. So that's the principal reason why he did. Uh, but he's focusing. He, he, he. Somebody had to do something after Grush came forward and said, a couple of USAP insiders told me uh, personally, uh, in my appropriate role as working with the UFA UAP task force, that we have crashed non-human vehicles and bodies. Well. That wasn't supposed to come out until after disclosure or perhaps during the major hearing. Well, you know, that's been hanging out there in the air, just sort of swinging around. Most of the journalists are going, oh, God, I don't want to go there because they know if in order to do that, they've got to get some response from somebody and nobody's going to do it. And, and so it's but I'll give Grush credit. He 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 lit a fire. And by God, he's going to be properly rewarded. I think history will be very kind to him. But it gives me an example. Not long after he came out and said that we have bodies in E.T. vehicles, essentially, somebody in the White House briefing room asked Jean-Pierre, uh, do you have anything to say about the, the bodies and the technology? And she said <laughs> something like, uh, like no, I really can't get into that now. I moved on. All right. Well, this is not good. We don't want this. And so in any event, uh, uh, Schumer decided somebody has got to do something here. What do we do? So he puts this language out where he's saying that 300 days. And by the way, forget about time frames like 300 days. That's all part of the scaffolding and the stuff you do it, it is absolutely irrelevant to the time frame that is happening right now. 300 days. Those of you who have ET tech need to let us know about that, whether you're in government or in civilian areas. All right. And I think if I'm not understanding, I don't have the exact wording of the bill, but the interpretation that I think I have correct is that essentially the, the, he is saying if this passes, if this bill passes with this language, that the United States government, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that refers to 
and this will refer to anybody in the United States or its territories, has the rights to any non-human technology that you may have come across, right? While you were out, you know, spelunking or whatever, uh, and you just came across the, you know, a, a zero energy system or bits of a craft or something, and you took it home and and uh, have been trying to get in touch with uh, MUFON about that. Uh, no, we own that. Now, this is extremely cool in a way and just a glimpse of what is coming in the post-disclosure world. And I'm referring to things like, what are the patent rights, should there be any patent rights, to any technology developed by the United States government from non-human off-world vehicles? Uh, can they farm that out to some nice aerospace companies so their stock can go up 10,000%? Is, or, or should the rights to that or the patent rights be uh, open uh, uh, belong to the American people? I mean, this is just the beginning of a thousand questions that that are going to happen and be dealt with, going to be dealt with. Uh, no problem. That's life. Most that this will be mostly post disclosure, but he's just opened the door. Does the United States have the right to take non-human technology that you happen to have? Well, I can tell you in 1947, they sure as hell thought they did because they went to see every single person that even remotely came close to that wreckage as Frankie Rowe and others, uh, the late Frankie Rowe and others made quite clear and said, we want anything you have. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to take you out in the desert and you're not going to come back and so forth and so forth. They threatened a lot of people. Well, that was a long time. And we're expecting a little more civility from our national security representatives and so he's basically saying, look, folks, this is a serious matter. If you have non-human tech, uh, we're going to want it. And if you don't provide it, the consequences, and then I don't know if they go into the consequences, could be severe. And this, this is not inappropriate. After disclosure, after the president confirms the ET presence, there will be plenty of time for the lawyers uh, and uh, any other uh, nonprofits uh, and or corporations to sit down and discuss what to do with the ET tech or uh, uh, devices and technology derived from the ET tech. Yeah. Hopefully in service to the American people and the world, not in service to making submarines even more dangerous than they are now. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. That's a great, you know, point. Cause I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I'm thinking that, you know, this wasn't just a one-off thing that, that, you know, we had one crash way back then, and then we're reverse engineering. It's like, if we can have open contact that is peaceful, and if once we get through this, yes. this hump of like the, the confusion and shock and, and fear and, and all the stuff, then we can literally collaborate um, in a more open way. And it won't be such that one person gets the information and another person doesn't, you know, the, 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 the other life forms will choose who they, who they interface with. So that's good. Well, the but, ETs are going to do whatever they want, but Zanka, let me ask you something. Do you feel yeah. confused? Do I feel confused? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that I think that 
this is um, no matter how long you've been in this field and, and no matter how much you wish this to be true, I think there is going to be a shock that's going to ripple through our society and it's going to be exciting and it's going to be fun. And, and I'm like, let's do the galactic resident or a renaissance. But I think, like we're going to need a moment Are yeah, you about what about this issue. What's going on? Are you, is it confusing you? No, I mean, is it shocking you? Well, I, I'm excited about it and I'm waiting for it, but I'm also realizing that even though my mind is ready, it's like, it's gonna, it like, I don't think we should underestimate the sea change, the paradigm to use your company's name, the shift in our minds that we're, it's a no, it's like you said, there's no going back from this. There's no, like, an, there's no undo button. Once everybody on the planet knows um, that our universe is a lot bigger than we thought. And by the way, like we are going to be collaborating and interacting and selling and, you know, um, you know, socially interacting with beings that, that are not human. I mean, this is, this is exciting. Open contact, that's later. I mean, I don't see open contact for another couple of years. So yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. The president doesn't mean that he's going to show up at the podium with some ETs. But right, the right. I'm getting to is this: you're absolutely right. We don't want to underestimate the total uh, the breadth of, of change. Yeah, and, and, and that can take place from this. Yeah. yeah, but we don't want to overestimate quote how confused and shocked people are going to be. This is an artifact of the truth embargo. Let me give you a case in point. Yeah. Uh, prior to going to all of the 17 Intel offices, uh, Intel committee member offices, I went to 43 of the 46 um, and visited 43 of the 46 oversight committee member offices. Right. The heat here is 94. That's why I'm a little right now. And uh, I, I, I didn't walk in and talk to the member of the chief of staff. What I did is I walked in, I talked to the front people, the front office people. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's three, four, five. They tend to be younger, right? Oftentimes they're interns working the front desk or some of the younger aides, right? So we're talking a lot. And let me tell you something, it's really straightforward. All right, these young millennials are so underwhelmed by this. In other words, they they it's like, of course, there's extraterrestrials here. You know, uh, yeah, I knew that. Uh, no big deal. I can't get carried away because I'm, I'm I'm new to them. They don't know who I am. But I assure you, they are quite ready for this. And so I don't know. There's some old fogies out there, maybe a couple of the skeptics, which are hanging around on UFO Twitter these days, making fools of themselves with a ghost of Phil Class hanging behind them. But overall... We are absolutely ready for this, I assure you. And anybody in Congress that asks me, I'm going to tell them, we're so ready that if you don't do it, you're going to have to find another line of work. All right. So, yeah. Shock confusion? Nah, nah, nah. You know what shock and confusion is? Shock and confusion is living in the, in the northern parts of Ukraine when the Russian tanks come over the border. That's shock and confusion. There's been a lot of that going on. Shock and confusion is when a new virus turns up and the politicians go out of their mind and start babbling and speaking in tongues and not doing what's necessary to avoid maybe an extra 5 million people dying. That's shock and confusion. The yeah. ET is ripe, ready, yeah. pop out 76 years 
in uterus. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. is going to be shocked and confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, Avi Loeb said that, you know, more people believe in UFOs than God, you know what I mean? Which I think it was 60%. I can't remember <laughs> what the statistic was. So I think it's really say. great. I, you know, Avi obviously was feeling, uh, you know, a little expansive, but I don't know if those numbers could be confirmed. I remember a long time ago when uh, uh, I think it was John Lennon said the Beatles were more famous than God did not go well. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just going to back Back, back, back in one. I know, I know it's a little bit crazy to even say that, but I, I, I think you're right. I mean, um, everyone already knows, but it's going to be great to have this be more official and it's going to be great to have this law on the books that says, yeah, it is definitely illegal to, um, you know, just, you know, hide information that, that we have. Uh, and so hopefully the oversight committee is going to be knocking things forward you know it's one thing for grush to say something it's another thing to say it on record and so all this stuff that's on record and all these witnesses that are coming forward um are very honored by by you and i and other people who've been waiting for this to come out uh and it didn't need to take 75 years but here we go uh i hope that the fight over money or the fight over war is is minimized and we just get excited about all the opportunities that we're going to have um because, uh, because, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, an opportunity here soon to make a decision whether we want to continue to run the world this way. Um, prior to what's about to happen, not a chance that that was going to get any serious consideration. Other than the odd program here and the odd program there and the odd antidote here that seems to imply, well, somebody is doing something. Now, we're on the road to hell. All right, set simple. 10,000 years on, haven't changed. Only the weapons have gotten more dangerous, broader, more money is spent on them. They can kill more people sooner. That's pretty much where we're at. And after killing hundreds and hundreds of millions of our own species, we're now trying to kill off the whole friggin' planet. And so no, no nothing is going to change unless something of a magnitude like disclosure, like confirmation, and perhaps even open contact takes place. So, as I, and I've told this to a number of the staffers, I, I would I, typically I said to them, yeah, I envy you. I envy you. You're so young. Not because I I want to be young, right? Or that's awful to be old, but because of how many years you are going to live in the post-disclosure world and the things you are going to see and the opportunities you're going to have to change how we do things which is why the most of the good people go up on Capitol Hill to work it off. Most of them go up there to try to make things better. Uh, and uh, so they're going to have a golden opportunity very soon. Now, the staff I'm not worried about. Their bosses, mm, well, we may have to have some, I don't know, some personnel changes. Uh, we need younger people, uh, or more open-minded people, less entrenched and less hyper-partisan. And the American people can deliver that anytime they want to. It's always their choice. I'm not picking parties here and I'm not mentioning specific names. I'm simply saying that that is what we need right, uh, for what is coming. And those that are not able to deal with the, the, the truth embargo ending and, and the post-disclosure world, retire with grace, get a nice, job in the public sector i mean i mean in the private sector and make some good money but please don't hang around if you can't deal with this please 
we have a lot of business to do. Thank you so much, Steve, um, for for a lifetime of work that you've done to crack this door open um, in the most important of ways. Uh, if um, you are not in that room, we hope to see you on Wednesday. Everybody who's watching on Wednesday, we're going to be doing a watch party, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, and we're going to be watching the Congressional Oversight Committee uh, do talk about disclosure, and Steve is probably going to be in the room. If not, he may pop on the call to give his commentary live uh, about this. So thanks. No, so I mean, I can't, I can't pop on live. If, 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 in other words, if, well, let me say this way, I, I, if, I, if I'm not in the room, I'll be watching it on, on screen, okay? Yes. Yes. And I probably would rather come on afterwards for some comments okay. rather than okay. try to interject that there. Great. Uh, though they do take breaks. And if this thing is going to be all day, there may be a couple of breaks, including a lunch break. Now, if I smell that coming and I'm not in the room after I've gotten over the grief that I'm going to experience by not being in the room and recovered appropriately. But yeah, I mean, during the break or lunchtime, I might just, yeah, I'll call in and we can. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's great. We're going to have Ellen Steinfeld. We're going to have JJ and Desiree Herdeck as well um, here. And we may have some others. Uh, so we will see you on Wednesday where history is going to be happening uh, on Capitol Hill. So thanks again. You can find Steve Bassett at paradigmresearchgroup.org. He has thousands of articles uh, about UFO disclosure nice. over the decades. And we thank you so much, Steve, for everything you've done. And when you were talking about the millennials um, and, and how they're excited about this time. I literally got full body chills. So I'm, I'm, I'm I think you hit it right on the head. Um, this, this By exciting. the way, uh, I need Twitter followers, please, please, please. Ah, you're, you're big on Twitter. Stephen Bassett, right? Steve Bassett at Steve Bassett or Steve Bassett. Research Paradigm Research Group. I need followers. Of course, I need retweets and all that stuff too. But first I need followers. So let's, let's get down and start following me. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, well, we are following you and we look for more to come. I mean, this is the floodgates that are opening up. So, so thanks again, Steve, for joining us. And thanks for your work too, Zanko. Okay.